This episode is brought to you by our Patreon page over at patreon.com slash GameZilla Media. Which means this episode is brought to us by you. Right? That's how not it works. no, not me. No, no, the fan. Right, yeah. The yes. listener. We're talking when I say you, I mean the listeners. Yes, the the figurative you, right? Yes. But, but nobody else is in here with us as we record this. Who I'm are you lo- talking I, about? I'm looking at the computer when I say it. Oh, oh. oh no. Alright. So just go to GameZilla Media on Patreon.com. There you'll be able to choose your patronage level and get different access to the shows. So you can get exclusive content for The Legend of Retro and Noobs and Dragons. Noobs and Dragons? The show with that handsome devil, Craig WK? Well, almost all of those words were right. Yeah. And if you go on there and sign up, you can also get access to a private Discord channel in our Discord group. Basically, the more dollars you give us, the more things we can give you. Exactly. So go to patreon.com slash gamesillamedia and become a patron today. Do it. Yeah. Prepare yourselves for a journey through history. Get equipped for adventure. Grab your power gloves and super scopes, for it's dangerous to go alone. This is the Legend of Retro. Welcome to this week's episode of the Legend of Retro. I am the Glitch, and with me is my Eskimo brother, Craig WK. Indeed, uh, I am. Wait, what? <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, yes, we're covering uh, 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 one of the classics from Nintendo. Yeah, Mountain Climber for the NES. Or Ice Climber. Uh, did you play the same game I played? <laughs> uh, maybe not. I, I played I played Mountain Climber. It's a game where they, they climb a mountain. I played Ice Climber where they climb a ice. I don't think they climb ice on this game. They break through ice. I know that. All right, fair enough, fair enough. They 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 don't do a whole lot of uh, ice climbing, though the game we are covering is Ice Climbers. It is called Ice Climber, that is correct. But yeah, they uh, they do a whole lot of mountain climbing, which we'll, we'll get into, of course. But uh, So this uh, uh, vertical platformer from Nintendo themselves uh, was released on October 18th in 1985, uh, and it stars Popo and Nana as they venture up freezing cold mountains to recover stolen vegetables from a huge (laughs) condor. From Ridley from the Metroid series. (laughs) Ridley? You know what? Ridley was like, oh, I just got done killing Samus' parents. I'm parched. I could really go for a, a nosh of eggplant. I think this is pre-Metroid, isn't it? Oh, you know what? It might this be. This is before yeah. before he was going into intergalactic air- territories. <laughs> he was over here in the Arctic climbing ice and stealing vegetables. And you know what? He was like, you know what? I had a, a, a taste of what it's like to be a, a thief. I wonder what it will feel like when I murder Samus's parents. <laughs> and thus he became the supervillain that he is. So I will say that that date you gave, uh, that's actually the Nintendo North American release. Yeah, date. that is true. That is the North uh, American release. Because there was 18 titles that were released on that day in North America. Uh, the game was made actually January the earlier that year. Oh, and, uh, so Japan. So yeah. it was brought over pretty quick. Not that there's a lot of translating to do for Ice Climber. The the story isn't very involved. Yeah, there were there were 18 titles um, in the launch of the NES. Uh, that was one of them. So this was with, a launch title. Yep. Uh, in the NES when it came over to America. To America, yeah. Because yep. I, I thought it was, and I couldn't remember. And when I was doing research for this game, I, I kind of bounced around and, and looked into some weird stuff, which we'll get into. But uh, I, I forgot to go back and look and see if this was a launch title. So I'm, I'm glad that you knew that. 
Yeah, it was uh, released in North America alongside with Super Mario Bros. Which, um, actually, so Ice Climber was uh, programmed by uh, Kazuka Moriarty. I said that wrong. Mor- Moriata. Moriata? Um, and this was the first game he programmed. And then, if I mean, if you look at his list of games programmed, I mean, you're looking at some of the greatest games that were ever made wow. by Nintendo. I mean, and he thought, had a hand in so, programming. Yeah, it. Super Mario, he co- co-produced that. And then you oh, know, nice. two, three, Legend of Zelda, Legend of Zelda Link to the Past, Wind Waker. I mean, he helped program th- the classics. That's crazy. Uh, it's crazy, too, because, it, like, honestly, if you told me, like, hey, uh, the guy who did Ice Climbers did this other, like, these other games, I might be like, yeah, you know, it's a little clunky. I'm okay. I'll, I'll pass. But those other games are amazing. Yeah. And uh, an Ice Climbers does, it is a little on the clunky side. It's kind of got a weird learning curve. And uh, and I do want to chat a bit about the, uh, uh, the, you know, the gameplay, because, like, so... As uh, Nana or Popo, you know, which one ever, ever one you're playing, player one or player two. Yeah, uh, uh, Popo is the blue. Uh-huh, the in blue, blue, yep, and Nana's and, in pink. And pink, which I always thought that was red. But, I I mean, now that I look at it, I do see the pink, but growing up, it was always, like, blue and red. Uh, well, yeah, I can see that, especially, like, you know, when we were playing on older TVs and stuff, you know? I, I can totally see you, you know, seeing that and, and thinking red. Uh, and, and maybe the only reason we think of it as pink is because of, you know... Uh, Nana and Popo's more recent video game ventures where, you know, the coloring is a little bit more pronounced as pink. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so you, you you know, like, start up a level, and it's very arcade style, you know. It's just you you have to ch- get to the top of the mountain. And so uh, uh, there's a couple of uh, interesting kind of mechanics here. So you can swing your mallet, and that hits enemies, but it also knocks uh, ice, uh, uh, like, on the ledge you're on. Uh, right, it destroys the the ice in front of you, doesn't it? Up above you. Oh, that's right. It'll destroy it above you. Yeah. So if you jump up in the air, you'll. It almost looks like you're hitting your head, but it's you just jumping and flailing with your uh, mallet, and you knock the ice uh, uh, ahead of you. And I thought that was kind of uh, an interesting touch because, like, so many times if you jump in like a Mario game, if you jump into an enemy, you take the hit and you're you're dead or you lose your your uh, power up or whatever. But in this game, it counts as like a, a hammer swing. So when you jump up in the air, you can also hit enemies. Yeah. So if there's like uh, one of the birds that's and they, they call them nitpickers. Yeah, nitpickers. Which I that was uh, a weird name, but uh, the, the bird that's flying through the level. If you jump up at it, it it's like it's swinging the hammer at it. Yeah, and I so, thought I thought that was kind of a cool touch. I yeah. uh, and uh, uh, there's a few other enemies as well. Uh, there are. Uh, uh, Topi, which are like little small yeti, uh, the nitpickers, which are the small birds, and then white bears, which are polar bears. Now, in the Japanese version, the the topi are not yetis. What are the topi? They're seals. Seals? Mm-hmm. So, can you think of why they changed that in America? The seals. I have no idea. Because of seal clubbing. That's a thing? Yeah, that is a thing. Seal hunting or seal clubbing is uh, kind of an interesting and sort of horrifying uh, look into the uh, like the the fur and uh, uh, like the fur industry and like, you know, the uh, like the hunting and like especially like northern Canada, also in like Russia and Norway and other places as well, anywhere near the Arctic. So I I'm familiar with the snake clubbing. <laughs> you mean Wacky Day? Yeah, Wacky Day. With the, 
I mean, I know, I know Barry, the White's, day I know the Barry White's against it, <laughs> but Whacking Day is very important. And so, so yeah, so uh, uh, so seal clubbing is incredibly controversial. Uh, and while a small amount of the hunted seals do go to feed, clothe, and warm like small coastal settlements, you know, in the Arctic, a majority of it goes to like the fur industry. Uh, and uh, Nintendo of America no doubt wanted to avoid all of that controversy yeah. uh, because here's the thing. In the 1960s, harp seal populations dropped to 2 million, which is incredibly low considering that the entire Arctic Circle has these harp seals. Uh, so uh, in the by the 1970s, the world started to make regulations and laws to to prevent that and now uh uh the population of fur seals has uh, risen to around seven million in more recent years which is which is good uh because they were going to go extinct how did i miss all this seal clubbing i never heard of this yeah how, i yeah i have no clue how you don't know about it so seal clubbing is real kind of nasty business like <laughs> i can imagine it's like it, when when you know it sounds kind of funny the idea like seal clubbing but really that is what it is like it, if you look at like you know like and i don't recommend finding videos online because they're kind of scary oh they they legitimately are pretty horrifying and uh well, imagine any type of clubbing is terrible <laughs> yeah pretty much once you go to a party and you're clubbing you know, that's a little different, like a rave or a disco. Yeah, you know, uh, that I can get behind. Okay, but I, uh, but yeah, no, they, uh, uh, it's pretty horrifying stuff. And I, uh, I, yeah, it's it's you know, like don't get me wrong, like the, you know, the the attacking of seals to to feed and clothe and warm you and your family when you live in the Arctic Circle. Okay, yeah, I can get behind that. But when you just want to fur, like, because, like, one of the articles I was reading, it showed, like, uh, uh, something made of, like, harp uh, seal fur, and, or uh, fur seal, whatever, uh, uh, seal fur, and uh, it was like a vest. It was like a vest to be worn under a suit, and it looked so tacky, and I was just like, something died for this? <laughs> That's terrible. We just need to take more seals clubbing. Instead of clubbing, Instead of clubbing seals. seals, yeah, I, I would get behind that. Yeah, to turn turn it around. Yeah, we we really do. So so <laughs> that is why Nintendo of America changed around uh, uh, the 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 enemies though. So now they're little yetis, uh, and they've remained that way for all future installments involving ice climbers, like you know, in Smash Brothers and stuff. Yeah, I had no idea. Um, I knew that there were some changes between, but I had no idea that was the reason why. Yep. Um, but uh, so it is a vertical climber, like you said. Mm -hmm. uh, there's two sections. So there's the lower half, like um, we were talking about, you break uh, through the ice. Yeah. Uh, you jump up to the next platform and you try and get up. Uh, there, it, it, it has like a numbering system on the side. It's it's up to eight. And when you make it to the ninth platform, it's a bonus stage. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's it kind of, uh, uh, it's a little weird because like vegetables randomly appear, like eggplants or carrots or something, and you have to collect them and get yourself up further so that you can go whack the condor in the face. Yeah, so it's uh, it's it's like vegetable for points. It's like back in the day, everything was like for points. Yeah, basically. Fruit for yeah. points. If, if you wanted an arcade game, you just... Fruit for points. Food for points. Everything <laughs> yeah, was. Just, it really was. Back yeah. then. He collects burgers. Bubble Bur bobble. Yeah, everything was for for points, and yeah. that's what the game was made to do was to get the highest score. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, like you said, it's. Uh, I think it was ten different vegetables, um, and it was always different throughout the levels. Uh, first level was always eggplant. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like their. 
their their staple like vegetable like if you ever see um we'll talk about later but melee melee they have the eggplant oh yeah yeah in the yeah. picture next to them because that's just kind of like their symbol um but uh so you you get to the second half it's a bonus stage and in, in, in getting hurt or dying doesn't affect your life it's mm-hmm. just a bonus stage so if you die as soon as you get in the bonus stage you just go to the next round yeah um but the mission of the bonus stage is to collect fruit and then or collect your vegetables and then get to the top and like you said grab onto the condor and then you get additional bonus points yeah now here's the thing when you jump up you swing the hammer are you jumping onto the condor or are you just taking them out of the air and smacking oh, you know them with what? a That's hammer a good question because i never thought i always thought that you were grabbing onto them like he's taking you to the next mountain i mean but the condor stole the vegetables right That's true so you're kind of mad yeah maybe i mean he, i'd be mad maybe he is it's like that slow motion like he's just taking them out and then it freeze frames. Okay, so we, we were talking about seal clubbing. What about the clubbing <laughs> of condors? Uh, you know what? Uh, it's probably somehow a little worse because they're way more uh, rare these days. Yeah. Uh, but I will say, if 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 I was you know walking you know down the road and I had a, like a bag full of vegetables and I was like, man, I sure can't wait to eat these vegetables. And a condor ah swooped down, stole my vegetables, and I caught back up to him. I'd probably hit him in the face. I probably would. I, I, I'm, you know, I'm not a very, uh, uh, I, you know, I don't think consider myself a very like, you know, a, a temperamental person. But if you steal my vegetables and you're not expecting to get smacked in the face with a mallet, okay, maybe that's a little too. <laughs> that's maybe a little too much. Never mind. You know what? Yeah, Nana Bobo went a little too far, smacking that condor in the face with a hammer. <laughs> you know, maybe maybe bat him around a bit, push him. You know, yell at him. Sure, fair enough, but. Hitting him in the head with a hammer is... I mean, he seems okay. He returns to the next mountain. Is it a different condor or is it the same? I, I guess they, they say it's the same condor. A condor stole your vegetables. So, yeah, I guess he's tough enough. He can take it. Yeah, he's the boss. Yeah, all right. Fair enough. You're just having 32 boss fights with the same person. <laughs> so, yeah, there's 32 <laughs> mountains, obviously. Uh, the bonus stages are only 40 seconds. So there is a time limit. Um, if you, you, know, you can get to the top, but if you take too long or you don't jump at the condor... No bonus. Yeah, yeah, it does cut off that uh, those points, and we know how important those points are. Yes, high score. It's it's the most important part about video games. Is that still a thing? <laughs> Is it still a thing? I uh, I I yeah, it's it's really not. Uh, so, what was your experience the first experience with this game? Honestly, you want to know cause something kind of weird. My first experience with this game was on the GameCube, but not in Smash Brothers. It was an Animal Crossing. So through the e-card, right? The, yeah. The, the uh, Well, we, we didn't have the e-card reader. Uh, we had just like a cheating device, which unlocked the level or the mm. games for us. Uh, like I read, about, or whatever. I, read, I read about you people. <laughs> yep. That was that was that was me. <laughs> uh, but it got me Legend of Zelda and Mario Brothers and a bunch of other cool games on the, the Animal Crossing. So uh, so in Animal Crossing on GameCube, uh, you had the ability to get Nintendo games. It was like little tiny emulators and you could actually play the games and so my first experience with a lot of classic nintendo games uh, well yeah i would say a fair amount of uh, classic nintendo games weirder ones like clue clue land and stuff like that uh-huh. were through animal crossing so my first yeah my first time playing yeah. uh, ice climber was not on the original nintendo i don't I, I don't remember renting it as a kid i certainly didn't own it uh but uh but yeah i was uh, playing it through animal crossing what so about I, you i have two older brothers Mm-hmm. Um, the the eldest one, he had the Nintendo, and he had a collection of games. Yeah, uh, you know, maybe about a dozen or so, of the classic games. So we had a lot of the original 
games that came out mm-hmm. in the release that like 18 less, you know, 10 yard fight and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, have you ever played this game co-op? It is brutal. And if you have two co-op, older, no, I haven't. Have two older brothers oh, no. who can care less, it is just torment. Because uh, <laughs> if you don't know, if one person advances far enough, the screen just you know scrolls upward. The person on the bottom platform loses a life. Oh no! So if you have someone that's just like, I don't care. It's oh, taking no. you too long. I'm I'm going. I'm going. I'm going. And then you're just losing life, losing life at the bottom because you get keep keeping oh, cut off. That's terrible. It doesn't make for a good experience, especially because you only have four lives. Yeah, that's not a ton. And I mean, I will say the the uh, I I found that uh, when I played this game, what I died to most of the time was like when you're way up in the mountain and. Uh, you uh you make a jump you fail and the screen went too far up and now you fall in and you you die yeah and the jumping is it's very frustrating in this game it's- it kind of is and that's why i had mentioned that it was a little clunky because like when you jump it doesn't feel like the jump in mario brothers it's sort of this weird straight up jump with like a little bit of leeway to the left or right depending on what way you're jumping yeah you'll miss ledges by just a hair all the time, it, it is. It, it's a little frustrating. I, uh, I, I, one, one of my beefs with Ice Climbers, the original, is the fact that it is. It's a little rough, you know. And uh, I mean, so there's two times. There's two types of jumps. There's like a running jump you can get, which which does help out a lot. But yeah, when you're up there and you're standing on a very small platform, uh-huh. you can't get a running jump. And then when the cloud, so there's also clouds that are moving. At ridiculous speeds. Oh, yeah. Some of them really, really get You kind of jump it. on these clouds, and then you got to hit an ice block, and then you got to do it again and do it again until there's a gap that uh-huh. you can get through, and then you'll end up jumping and falling and dying. Yeah, and the, uh, to top it off, too, those uh, topi enemies, the little yetis, oh, yeah, or the right. seals in the Japanese version, uh, they... Uh, uh, if the uh, when they walk out, they push like they'll create little ice blocks and then run away. So they'll like push like ice over the holes yeah, you're making. Yeah, they'll patch up the hole you just made. Yeah, it took you like three minutes to make, and then if you take too long, that's when the polar bear shows up. Oh yeah, the uh, 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 white bear, quote white unquote. Bear. Yeah, yeah, which is just a polar bear. Does he does he have the sunglasses and the shorts so in this version? I don't remember. It says he has sunglasses, but when I look at the, so. I thought he had sunglasses as a kid. Yeah. But I looked at the sprite. It's just his eyes, I think. And I think just oh. because the sprite's so small. Right, right. It just, it, it looks like he has sunglasses. I mean, we could say he has sunglasses. Yeah, all right, fair he's enough. Cool yeah. bear. He, he's, he's rad. He's got his Coca-Cola in his hand and he's got the sunglasses. <laughs> Coca-Cola. <laughs> Don't all pair, polar bears drink Coca-Cola? I, I've been led to believe that that's the case. I. Uh, I mean, I, I, I've not seen a polar bear in person, aside from at the zoo, to know. So what happens when he comes on the screen, though, is he'll scroll the, the level up for you. So if you take too long to advance, he comes out, he does like a stomp on the ground, and then it goes up a level. Oh. So if you're on the bottom, you die. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the, I, I will say the, the first like level, so to speak, of a stage you know, the first like part, you know, it isn't usually too bad. It's when you start getting into the middle levels of the the mountain where like not only icicles are falling at you, but uh, you have enemies com- coming around. But on top of that, you have those stupid, fast cloud platforms like you mentioned. They're yeah. so annoying. So I did want to uh, uh, bring up where I think this game takes place. Okay. So 
There's a, a little bit of research I did, and you might say that this research was wasted time, and you'd be right. So, uh, seals and polar bears exist within the Arctic Circle, okay? Uh, condors, however, exist in two places in the world. Uh, there's the California condor, which is in California, like Western America. And then you also have uh, a condor that exists in like the Andes Mountains. Uh, but in the Andes Mountains, you do not have polar bears or seals. So that's it's not going to take place there. Now, the original game had 32 mountains for you to climb, right? Okay. The verse mode added 16 more mountains. So that's a total of 48. Now, if you take a look around, you know, uh, do some research, uh, you know, it's it's not easy to find, like, how many mountains are in each mountain range. So I, I had to do a bit of digging here. However, the state of New Hampshire has 48 mountains throughout it that are each above over four th- or above 4,000 feet. I'm thinking that Ice Climbers takes place in America. Oh, really? It has condors. It has polar bears and seals in the far north, which in this case would be Alaska. Uh, and New Hampshire has 48 mountains that are each uh, that are each above 4,000 feet. I mean, I can't I can't disagree about this argument. It sounds like you have the facts. Uh, if you live in New Hampshire, <laughs> you live in the state that produced ice climbers. So congratulations to all our listeners in New Hampshire. Climb all those mountains. Climb ice. all the mountains and uh, be an ice climber. Just watch out for polar bears. And don't let condors steal your vegetables. Um, so uh, I think Ice Climber is, uh, you know, growing up in the 80s, we knew a little bit about Ice Climber. Sure. I think the newer generation really didn't know much about it until it came out, uh, Smash Brothers Melee. Yeah. So Smash Brothers, I mean, honestly, I think that everybody would have forgotten about Ice Climbers if it wasn't for Smash, Smash yeah. Brothers. Smash Brothers Melee had uh, N- uh, Nana and Popo as a playable character, as like a duo. That yeah, it was a single, single playable character. You control both of them. And uh, uh, I never really used uh, the Ice Climbers that much in Smash Brothers. I couldn't really get a good uh, feel for them. But uh, uh, fighting them has always been so annoying, right? <laughs> Like they, they, there's two of them. When they hit you, you can hit twice. And I, you know, like, yeah, you can like, you know, destroy the secondary, the computer controlled one. But man, that is just so annoying to fight. No, them. Those, that's what I played as. Oh, you I was, would. <laughs> and uh, so like he said, if Nana dies, you're still okay. You can still continue. But, you know, the other way around, if Popo dies, then both characters are dead. Mm-hmm. And you, you get crippled if uh, uh, one of, like the your partner dies because, like, if you do your triple jump, the up B move in Smash Brothers, mm-hmm. it gets you a bunch of distance. But you don't get any distance if you don't have your partner with you, you know? So, yeah. like, you know, and you don't do as much damage. So, like, the, the trick to fighting the Ice Climbers is to, to destroy the partner. Uh but there is a, a Smash Brothers uh, uh, thing I wanted to bring up in the most recent game, Ultimate. Uh-huh. Uh, we had uh, uh, on a, at a live stream event uh, that Gamezilla Media put on recently uh, on uh, Testonomics' stream. Uh, he's uh, one of the Gamezilla Media stream team. Uh, he had hosted an event where we were uh, drumming up money for a charity. And one of the matches we did was all... Uh, players, all eight players, mm-hmm. chose ice climbers, and it was sixteen 
Inuits running around on, I think it was the, the Mario Brothers uh, yeah. uh, level, the, the Mario uh, Odyssey one, the newer one. Uh, and it's just like this like platform goes flying through the air, and it's ridiculous because it's just like ice and, yeah. you know, like uh Because their power-up is like a big ice... <laughs> Mountain that uh, comes up out of nowhere. Creates an iceberg or whatever. A a little, yeah, yeah, creates an iceberg. And so just every few seconds, it was just icebergs flying up out of the the ground. And like, you know, these, you know, uh, hammer wielding uh, uh, children are just going flying everywhere. And it was was hilarious to watch. Well, what's funny is you mentioned that, and I was going to bring up a point. Um, In Smash Brothers for the Wii U, Mm -hmm. they didn't have. Ice Climber. Yeah, the 3DS version and the Wii and U version. And that's actually the reason why is because you could do an eight-man battle royale at the time, but they were having issues with having so many sprites because it's 16 sprites. <laughs> yeah. Having so many issues with 16 characters on the screen at once, it caused so much lag that they were like, just take them out. They were, um, they were a trophy, I believe, mm-hmm. for the Wii U version of Smash Brothers. Yeah. But uh yeah, they they were absent in that version. They were. They came back on uh on uh, Ultimate as an unlockable character. Yeah. Whereas in the two previous ones they were uh uh standard characters. Play, you know. Yeah, they were in Melee and they were in Brawl and then they were not in the uh 3DS or Wii U version. Yep. And uh, uh, and now in this game, uh, game they're back again, thankfully. Because I mean, e- even if I didn't play as them, I mean, it's got to be frustrating to to get good with a character and be like, yeah, this is my jam, and then just have them be like, oh, nope, they're gone. And it's like, oh, cool. So the programming in this game is pretty simple. There aren't any glitches, unfortunately. Really? Yeah. Uh, there is a world record, and uh, for speed running, for speed running, and uh, did you want to give a guess? So thirty-two mountains. 32 mountains. Well, as difficult as this game is. It's it's fairly tough. I, extremely it, difficult. It would, it would take me a very long time to play through this. I, I'm going to say that uh, I... Uh, well, let's see. If there's 32 mountains in the, the original Nintendo version, uh, and each, I would say... I don't know, maybe about five minutes per mountain. Like, what is that? Uh, uh, like, maybe about an hour and a half, two hours? Well, we'll say about an hour and a half if you're moving quick. I'm about to blow your mind. What? So, like I said, no glitches. Uh-huh. There's nothing you can skip sure. in this game. 14 minutes and 50 seconds. Nonsense. I watched the I'm run. I'm calling shenanigans. I watched the run. It is so perfect. That is insane. He hits every platform. Pixel perfect. Not pixel perfect, but he hits every platform right. Uh-huh. He's able to break through the ice, you know, in stride. Yeah. Doesn't lose any momentum. Had to take him at least a thousand tries. Wow. That is it. 14 minutes. And then what's funny is the previous record was 45 minutes. Good so lord. He destroyed the record. Yeah. And with his, I mean, I, 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 you know, as I was doing research, I was like, yeah, I'll throw the game out. I'll play a little bit. I think I got to Mountain 8 and I died. You know, that's honestly, I think the last time I played Ice Climber, because I have the the Nintendo Classic, you know, the little uh, plug and play, you know, from Nintendo, and it's got Ice Climber, so uh, every so often I might throw it in, and I'm just like, yeah, I'll play Ice Climber, it's an old arcade-style classic, and I get, like, to the like the second mountain, I'm just like, I'm sick of this, it's dumb, and I hate it, oh, this is stupid, and it's and it's mostly because of the kind of, like, the weird jumping mechanics. Yeah, it's so torturous, it's... Because it, it, it is, it's like it's teasing you. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, you just gotta make this small little jump over here, and then you go to jump, and it's like, 
and then just miss completely. Yeah, and then you fall through. It's it, it can be a bit of a pain. I, I I feel like you know for for those that you know like this guy who got it in fourteen minutes though, like so long as you can get a good hang uh good uh, feel for the the controls, you're gonna probably be fine. But like if you go from like Mario Brothers to this, the jumping mechanics are way different. Yeah. So you want to talk a little bit about the music? Yeah. So the the music is uh, uh, kind of interesting to chat about here. So there's not a lot of music to this game. It's just sort of a simple arcade style. We'll get into that, of course. Uh, but the music was composed by Akito Nakasuka who also composed music for some other Nintendo games. Now, uh, one of these is is uh, uh, pretty simple, and that's Excite Bike. Okay. okay, you know, makes sense. You know, fits with Ice Climbers, I feel like. Uh, he also worked on Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, among a few others. Oh, it's a great soundtrack. Now, here's the one that I think is going to blow your mind. He is the one responsible for the music for The Legend of Zelda 2 Link's Adventure. Really? Koji Kondo did not do the music for that game. Hmm. The music for Legend of Zelda 2, Link's Adventure, was done by the same guy who did Ice Climber, Excite Bike, and Mike Tyson's wow. Punch Out. See, I didn't know that. Yeah. I mean, because, I mean, as much as, you know, Zelda 2, Link's Adventure gets a bad rap. The music is fantastic. The music is solid in that game. And, you know, I, I'm not a huge fan of Zelda 2. I, I prefer the top-down style. But the music is great, and it's not done by Koji Kondo. Hmm. So let's go ahead and listen uh, to uh, the uh, the title theme slash bonus stage music. So this is a theme that was reused for uh, uh, not only the title screen, but also you know when you're hopping around collecting eggplants before you fight the uh, the condor. And uh, let's go ahead and uh, give this a uh, listen. tracks that plays over and over and over again after 10 seconds yeah it's uh it's pretty simple you know it's uh not a, a super complex song but it's you know it's got gets catchy yeah, it's a nice jingle yeah. yeah it's a nice jingle you know uh but uh you know the uh, uh the next song is the stage theme uh which is what you listen to as you go up the uh, the mountains and this one's uh, maybe a little more involved let's let's give it a listen oh, yeah, let's listen that much more involved <laughs> I, I, do you think maybe that has something to do with the memory of the of the card or is the why like tracks couldn't be so long i mean here's the thing the like like mario brothers which came out at the same time had you know way more complex music and way better music but you know the they did have to end up using like sound chips and stuff when they put it in the uh you know in the game so i do wonder maybe the uh Ice Climbers was like cheaper to produce because it was so simple. Yeah. You know, that could be. 
I mean, because how many games came out when the Nintendo first released? Um, in North America, yeah, it was eighteen. Eighteen. Do you remember how many games came out when Nintendo sixty four launched? Wasn't like four or something like that? Two. Two. Yeah. Two. We got Mario 64 and Pilotwing 64. That is all we got for Nintendo 64's launch. And the original Nintendo had, what, 17, 18, you said? Yeah. 18. 18. Man. Yeah, so, I mean, maybe Nintendo was. Maybe they realized, hey, like, we, we have a lot of games. Let's try to cut down the cost a bit. You know, that's all I can think. Because the music is, it's, you know, it's a nice little jingle. Simplistic, yeah. Yeah, it's nothing crazy. But the guy who did Ice Climbers went on to do Zelda 2 Adventure of Link, which is crazy. Yeah, I mean, and he even said in an interview that Ice Climber was kind of like a stepping stone. It was it was his first programmable game, and mm-hmm. he was just kind of him getting into the industry. So, Because oh, I believe he was yeah. like 19 at the time when, really? he, when he made Ice Climber, yeah. Oh, the guy who programmed it? Yeah. I gotcha. So this was his like first project? Yeah. Oh, now, I mean, you know, when you think of it as somebody's like first sort of, you know, job, I mean, you know, it, it, Ice Climbers has some issues, you know, here and there, especially its jump mechanic. But uh, but no, all in all, it's uh, uh, it's a it's it's not a bad game by any means. I would have liked to have played around with the arcade version a bit to see if that maybe played a little differently. Yeah, so I didn't even know that there was so the versus Ice Climber. Yeah, versus Ice Climber. I, I, I. It was. I. What was it? I said sixteen additional levels. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know that existed until I started doing research for this. Yeah, I didn't really know either. But uh, Nintendo had a fair amount of those verse arcades. Like Mario Brothers had yep. one. Uh, there, there were quite a few. Uh, so you know, it's it's kind of interesting to think that like the arcade scene in Japan was that much more involved than in America. And even in America in the 80s, the arcade was kind of the cool place to be, you know? know, It's almost like the opposite, because normally it was arcade ports to the home console. Uh This was the other way around. Yeah, yeah. I, I... Uh, it, you don't really see that very often, but yeah, in this case, you know, Mario Brothers uh, and uh, uh, Ice Climber and other games like that, Nintendo just made arcade versions of them. Uh, so that's kind of a, a weird you know, kind of way to go about it. I... Uh, but uh, uh, glitch. Is there anything else you wanted to touch base on before we uh, uh, get to our retro relapse? No, I mean it's definitely it's definitely one of the. I mean it was so it was on the NES Classic. Yeah, yeah. It was one of the thirty titles. Is that how many were? Uh, yeah, and the first uh, the first Nintendo Classic. Yeah, thirty. So it's definitely a staple for the uh, NES. Yeah, it absolutely was a staple. And uh, uh, what's kind of interesting to me though is uh, unlike a lot of other Nintendo properties, we never saw a real sequel or anything. You know, we we Ice Climbers has. Ice Climbers, that's it. You know, there's no other uh, uh, games for the uh, uh, the Ice Climber series. There's- yeah, it sold pretty well, too, so I'm surprised that they didn't have a sequel. And, I mean, I guess it's maybe because it was, like, arcade style. Like, they didn't really know what to where to go with it. But, like, even, uh, uh, like, Kid Icarus ended up getting, like, a, a what was it, a, a, a DS game? Yeah, it was DS? on the DS. Yeah, DS. Uh, you know, Uprising, it- right? Yeah, yeah, Kid Icarus Uprising. You know, even that had a, 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 a sequel yeah, to the old Master, Nintendo game. Yeah, Blaster Master Zero. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah. And, I mean, heck, even uh, uh, Kid Icarus had a, a, a Game Boy game, you know. So, like, I mean, like, you know, it, it's sort of a surprising they didn't even try to do something like that where they're like, hey, here's Ice Climbers on the Game Boy. Yeah. But I guess vertical, like, how would you really do that, like, on a Game Boy? I don't know that, like, I can't really think of a lot of vertical scrolling games on the Game Boy. Maybe if it was mountains instead of ice, they could have done it. Mountains instead of ice? Yeah. If they were climbing mountains instead of ice? <sighs> Maybe glitch. Maybe. 
maybe. <laughs> so, so all in all, Ice Climbers is is a, a definitely like kind of a legendary game for Nintendo. It's one of their their like you said their staples, like one of their originals. And it, you know, aside from Smash Brothers, hasn't gotten a lot of love. Thanks for listening to the Legend of Retro podcast. We're going to take a quick break so you can hear from one of our sponsors. Hey, it's me, everybody, Tim Kittrow. I'm here to talk to you about Old School Gamer. Old School Gamer is the magazine for gamers. It covers arcade and retro gaming, gives you gaming history and in-depth interviews with people like me who are there, and it lets you know what conventions are happening and when. Issues come out once every other month. Plus, a website full of even more razzle-dazzle, and it's all for just 30 bucks a year. So visit OldSchoolGamer.com and subscribe now. Whoa, Jones in for a classic game? It's time for Retro Relapse on the Legend of Retro Podcast. Retro Relapse. So this week, uh, what did we play? We played Looney Tunes B-Ball for Super Nintendo. And I gotta say... I thought for sure this was going to be like a kind of a, a, a cash in, you know, like, oh, it's Looney Tunes characters. They're playing a sports game. Great. But it was pretty fun. Do you know what I would have liked to have seen in this game was uh, Charles Barkley. Vo- Charles Barkley. Michael Jordan. <laughs> uh, voice acting. I would have liked to have heard the voices. That would have been really cool. Yeah. The, I, I mean, at this point, uh, Mel Blank would have already been passed away. But, uh, but you know, they, they had, uh, uh, you know, different replacements and stuff by this time. You know, different uh, people doing the voices of those characters. So, uh, yeah, it would have been great to have, uh, uh, like, you know, Porky Pig, Sylvester, Bugs yeah. Bunny, Daffy, you know, all of them uh, uh, doing different voices. Because, uh, honestly, there's a fair amount of uh, players to choose from. Uh, in Looney Tunes B-Ball, you have... Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, Elmer Fudd, Wild E. Coyote, Tasmanian Devil, Yosemite Sam, which I thought was kind of an interesting one because he's a little, uh, you know, he's, he's a popular character, but not quite as popular as the others. Sylvester the Cat and Marvin the Martian. Marvin the Martian's who, on that, yeah. Yeah, he, and Marvin the Martian is not in that many old Looney Tunes. No. He's uh, he's a little bit more uh, uh, rare as that goes, you know. Uh, he, he just dealt with Bugs Bunny, Bunny and uh, Daffy Duck. But I don't know that he's really. I think he also dealt with Sylvester in an episode, but not many uh, more episodes than that. So it's a it's a two on two basketball game. Mm-hmm. Um, you can actually this is one of the rare games where you can play four players. Yeah, I thought that was a uh, really cool. I, I kind of wish that we would have uh, had a chance to do you that. You know, and it's funny too because you, you can probably hear me in the background of the retro relapse video. I I, I do have the multi tap for the Super Nintendo. So oh. I was I was gonna go grab and Chops was like yeah don't worry about it because oh, Chops is an idiot I didn't realize it until they started uh, playing that you could actually do the oh, two man. for two players but so it's just you have a computer system it's kind of like NBA Jam where you control yeah. one player the other person's controlled by the computer the entire time and you can have them pass or shoot or whatever you know you can still kind of mm-hmm. control them just not their movements yeah um, but in this game it has a wacky meter <laughs> yeah that was which, kind of interesting uh, it, it it has like a like a like a spending mechanism in the game where you collect these gems Mm -hmm. and by collecting the gems you earn money and you can use that to use like a special move so i know elmer fudd has this thing called long shot where Uh he'll pull out his his shotgun or musket yeah it says musket yeah it's some some animated rifle of some sort he'll shoot the basketball and uh it makes it more accurate oh no matter where you are on the screen 
oh that's funny uh yeah i i appreciate all the the cartoony touches to everything in this game and uh i mean here's the thing looney tunes b-ball is essentially just a ripoff of nba jam which at this point was amazingly popular nba jam was huge and I mean, for, for our listeners, you know, you, you, you've probably gotten to, to know me fairly well over the years and know that, you know, I focus on like RPGs and stuff and platformers. But NBA Jam is probably one of my favorite games. I really, oh, yeah. really love NBA Jam. So this, this game was not the same as NBA Jam, but it was different enough. And it was uh, it strikes me as a game that would be like kid friendly. You know, with the the kind of the goofy cartooniness and stuff, you know, so I could see uh, this game being uh, uh, good for, you know, like, you know, maybe uh, uh, you know younger people out there who are uh, maybe just getting into retro gaming or if, you know, you have like a kid that's in uh, into video games and you want to start showing them retro stuff. I, I feel like this is a, a good sports game for somebody younger. Yeah, but this is street ball, Craig. This isn't your NBA with referees or anything like that. This is Looney Tunes B-Ball. Fair enough. Where they're on the street, they're uh-huh. in their street clothes. <laughs> yeah. Street rules, Craig. Street rules. You're, you're, you're okay. Fair enough. Street rules. You're, you're not wrong, glitch. But one of the bizarre things about this game is the basketball is actually a dog. Oh yeah, it, like turns into a dog at one point. Like it, it like, like it goes running around the court. Yeah. So the intro it shows you know Daffy and Bugs Bunny chatting after after a show. And there's a basketball laying around. Uh-huh. And all of a sudden it just gets up and starts running away. And they're like, what's going on? <laughs> and they chase after it. And what? so what, what will happen during the game is if the ball's dead, like it's just laying there, it'll just get up and start running around the court. That's so weird. So you're chasing the basketball around the court instead of it just being, you know. I mean, that that does raise up the wackiness factor. But I then give why is that. Elmer Fudd shooting it with his musket? He's shooting the dog. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a little weird. At least they're cartoon characters, you know, so they, they have that uh, cartoon physics that let them, you know, come back from anything. Because, man, that would be real depressing. Like, be real depressing. Like seal clubbing? Yes, as depressing as seal clubbing. Although... <laughs> it's, 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 it's. <laughs> So on the uh, uh, the eight bit scale glitch, what what do you give this game? Because uh, because I have some pretty high high thoughts on this game. It's 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 you know this one's a little bit more difficult I think to rate because you can look at it two ways. Mm-hmm. As a Looney Two game, it's not bad. I think I think there there was a lot that they could have done. Sure. I know with licensing, it, it's a bit more difficult. But it yeah, was, I think it's uh, Sunsoft, right? Uh, Sunsoft is the the company that. Uh, 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 so they did really good with the game. Published it, yeah. Um, when you look at it compared to NBA Jam, not as good yeah. as NBA Jam. So, that is very true. I'll give this a five out of eight. A five out of eight. You know what? I I have very high opinions of NBA Jam. So even though this is sort of a a, a, a lesser replica of NBA Jam, I think I still give it a six out of eight. Oh. I I uh, I from what we played, it was kind of fun. Uh, I do like basketball games. I would have liked to have uh, I had a little bit more time with it. I uh, you know I I do uh, I do enjoy uh, NBA Jam an awful lot. You know lot. I think I think if we would have been able to get a two on two. Oh, game, that would have. I think we probably would have liked this a bit more. Yeah, I, I would even see that getting boosted, maybe even to the seven range for me if it had the <laughs> uh, the two on two aspect going. Uh, we you know hindsight's twenty twenty on that one. I. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, uh, I feel like uh, uh, Looney Tunes B-Ball is absolutely worth checking out, uh, you know, as far as like, you know, 
uh, like a, a Super Nintendo sports game goes, like this is probably up there. Super Nintendo didn't have a ton of uh, uh, sports games out there that were all that great. Yeah, it's. I mean, and it's a whole different idea of a sports game. So it's got that wagginess. It's almost like you know Simpsons wrestling, except you know this is better than Simpsons. Wrestling. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say yeah, it's a whole lot better than that. I, uh, but I, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and uh, get into our music brackets. Now I, uh, when it comes to uh, this week's opening uh, bracket, I. This one's tough, but I feel like the, the the first one we have is definitely one that has a, a strong chance of moving forward and de- like like way deep into the tournament. I think this this is going to be heartbreaking. I think <laughs> for for some people because yeah. for me it, there's an obvious choice, but I think it's the I don't think it's going to work out. This one's tough. This is this is good. So this week we have the the first song is the opening to Mega Man Three. Which is uh, composed by uh, Yus- uh, Yasuaki Fujita and Harumi Fujita, no relation, coincidentally. Uh, and uh, so this is the 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 sort of the the uh, opening and title theme to Mega Man Three, and this is a phenomenal song. Mega Man Three is is you know that and Mega Man Two are hailed as some of the best soundtracks to a Nintendo game. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, give it a listen. doubt that Mega Man 3 probably has the best music out of any NES game. Oh, now that is a bold claim. And I'm not going to say you're entirely wrong, but that is a very bold claim. With the variety of music, the the tracks that are on it, I mean, some of those, some of those songs, mm-hmm. they're just... They're great. They're unbeatable. <laughs> They're really, really good. We actually just did a uh, Patreon special episode for a Game Shark. Yeah, where we uh, ranked our top five robot Man bosses. Yeah, yeah, robot masters, and uh, I think three out of three out of the four of us number one pick was for Mega Man Three. Yeah, there was a, a whole bunch of us that chose uh, bosses from Mega Man Three, and uh, uh, honestly, to me. 
and this is this might uh, uh, ru- uh, rustle some feathers, but uh, uh, or ruffle some feathers, not rustle, uh, <laughs> ruffle some feathers. But uh, uh, I think Mega Man Three is a better game than Two. Yeah, I agree with you. I, uh, I and don't be wrong, two is amazing, but I think that three just took two and improved upon it. I mean, and also the fact that you do face two. I mean, I'm sorry, four <laughs> Mega Man two bosses. Yeah, you get to fight a bunch of the old bosses as well. So uh, uh, that's you know a nice little added bonus. So what is uh, what's Mega Man three intro going up against? So it is going against uh, what what I would consider a, a game that is like uh, like the one man army. It is the opening to Cave Story. And the reason I call it a one-man army is because this game was made entirely by one man. The graphics, the music, the sound, every tiny thing was done by one dude, Daisuke Amaya. And uh, uh, Xander and I uh, covered uh, Cave Story uh, on a previous episode of The Legend of Retro. And it doesn't feel right that it's a retro game, but it is a fairly old game at this point. because yeah, it came out on the Wii originally, right? WiiWare? Oh, it was originally on like a PC for as an indie game. Oh, was it? Yeah, and then it was uh, uh, ported over to the the Wii uh, the Wii's Wii, uh, WiiWare line. Uh, yeah, its uh, original uh, release date was uh, back in two thousand and four. Okay. Uh, you know, so quite a while ago. I. Uh, but uh, as far as that goes, uh, the opening to Cave Story is great. I think that this is a very, very close matchup going against Mega Man 3. And it almost has a similar vibe to the music, you know? Uh, but uh, but let's go ahead and uh, give it a listen, and our uh, fans will be able to uh, judge accordingly. It's uh, it's great to hear. So 2004, yeah. You close your eyes, and you could almost imagine this game in any NES game. Yeah, you really. That's how can. great this track is. Oh yeah, I really, really enjoy the soundtrack to Cave Story. It's uh, uh so so good, and uh, it's just interesting that it was done by one guy. 
You know, one dude worked on everything for this game. And, uh, like, I, I think that you can kind of nitpick Cave Story. I think that you can be like, well, the music's, you know, it's retro, but it's not that great. And, like, you could say, like, oh, the graphics are okay for being retro, but they're not that great. Yeah. But when you know that one dude worked on this, one guy, that's it. That is so amazing. Oh, man. I love that guy. It, uh, and it, I don't know what I'm talking <laughs> you just love it yeah it's a, it's just a great game it's a great soundtrack and, and props to the guy for for doing all of it yeah absolutely i uh a cave story is a ton of fun and uh one of the interesting things about cave story is that it's on a, available on almost every platform ever in yeah, recent they just years. gave it a we uh, nintendo switch release too cave oh story yeah plus. cave story plus is on the switch it's on the 3ds uh it's on the i think you can download it on the uh uh Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, uh, I think the original version is downloadable on the 3DS. There's like a 3D remake on the 3DS. There's the, the WiiWare version. There's the PC version. You know, there's so many different versions of this game. It's insane. Uh, I think it's also on, uh, let's see, yeah, downloadable from DSi. Uh, it's on Linux. And uh, <laughs> although, weirdly enough, it's, uh, uh, I don't think it's on uh, PlayStation uh, PlayStation Network or the Xbox, uh, like Xbox Live. Yeah, it looks like it's exclusive to Nintendo almost. Yeah, uh, which is funny because like I mean, it first released yeah, on, on Windows. PC. Yeah, yeah. Uh, kind of odd, but uh, but you know, uh, it's if you have a Nintendo platform and you have a Nintendo platform from I don't know the last ten years, you have access to uh, uh, you know Cave Story, so it's definitely uh, worth uh, getting a hold of. I, uh, but I uh, yes. That's about it. I mean, so Ice Climber, it's a great classic. It is a, a very classic game, and it's it's all right. It's, it, it's you, extremely difficult. It's it's a bit tough. Yeah, it really is. I uh, I I I you know I I do kind of have fun with that first level, and then when I get to the second level, and I just keep dying, falling off, you know, through platforms and stuff. I'm just like at that point, I'm like. Yeah, okay, this is fine. Yeah, I'm, I'm good with this. This has been a good run. Just don't play with your jerk older brother. <laughs> Jerks. Yeah, I'm calling out the glitches to older brothers. Your younger brother wanted to play with you, and you just kept scrolling the screen up and murdering your brother. For shame, for glitches shame. brothers. For shame. All right. Well, we want to thank everybody for listening. We want to make sure you guys know about GameZilla Media and the GameZilla Media Network. We have a bunch of shows uh, available for you. We have uh, on Mondays. Yeah. Uh, so, heck, Sundays, we have Noiseland Arcade. Mondays, we have uh, Last Action Podcast. Tuesday is the GameZilla Show. Wednesday is Noobs and Dragons. Thursday is this show. Yeah. Uh, Friday is Movie Blast with Bob and Bax. Uh, so, we have uh, a show almost for every day of the week. That's Saturday. What do we do for Saturday? Saturday's our day of rest, I think. I think Saturday is the day of rest for now, until uh, one of us uh, uh, decides to put forth some new project. Uh, but uh, as far as that goes, uh, uh, make sure that if you uh, want to support GameZilla Media, uh, or even just you want more of us from The Legend of Retro, uh, go to patreon.com slash Media, where you can uh, not only uh, uh, support the show, but you also have access to a whole lot of perks. A bunch of our uh, shows have uh, uh, extra episodes each month. Uh, and as far as that goes, The Legend of Retro gives you early access to our Retro Relapse videos when we have those. Uh, those are available on Sundays. Otherwise, they pop up when the uh, the episode shows on uh, Thursdays uh, that afternoon. And then otherwise, uh, uh, we also have the Game Shark Show, where we, you know, like we mentioned earlier with that Robot Masters uh, episode we did, which was a ton of fun. That was a great episode. Yeah, that was, that, uh, that was our November one. Uh, 
December uh, is uh, me and Xander uh, gushing about Undertale, a very retro-inspired uh, RPG from more recent years. So uh, make sure to check that out. But uh, aside from that glitch, uh, I think that about uh, wraps everything up, doesn't it? Yep. So we want to thank everyone once again for listening, and we will see you all next time when, when the, the legend, legend continues. continues.